Hello and welcome. Get ready for a new episode on Weight Loss Simplified, the must-listen-to podcast for women over 40 who are tired of struggling with their weight. Whether you've been stuck in the yo-yo diet cycle of gaining or losing the same 20 pounds for years, or have recently put on weight and just don't feel good in your own skin, it's time to put an end to the confusion and frustration and make weight loss simple. Learn how with weight loss expert Jennifer Powder, your host of this podcast. Well, hey there. Thanks for tuning back in to episode number four on the Weight Loss Simplified podcast. Super happy you're here as always and excited to talk to you today about what I think is the biggest reason women struggle with getting the weight loss results that they want. And then it's all around the topic of self-sabotage. In fact, I was so passionate about bringing this uh, topic up that that was what my whole second book was about. Stop sabotaging your weight loss, why you do it and how to fix it. So I'm going to give you uh, in this podcast episode, the most common things from the actual physiological ways you sabotage, maybe you know it, maybe you don't, to the more insidious ways self-sabotage can present itself. Now, chances are you're here because you know that quick fixes don't work and you are ready and willing to do it in a different way, but you're not quite sure what that way is. All you know is that uh, you don't feel good in your skin, Getting dressed feels way too miserable of an experience and you're tired of the confusion and the frustration and the conversation in your head that has you put your energy and focus on food and that stressing and obsessing about your weight. So the the thing that's so crazy is why would you self-sabotage yourself when you want something so badly? And I think this is a great question. I mean, we have this belief that if you want it, it should be easy, that if you were really committed, you would be perfect. And in fact, it's the dieting hangover of perfectionism that actually is one of the biggest reasons women are engaging in self-sabotage. This, have you noticed if you look back on your life and the diets that you've done or the, the things that you've tried to lose weight that perhaps every single effort almost gets more and more extreme. Like what you did in your twenties, you like ramp it up and amp it up to be so perfect, so rigid. You try to make sure that you're following something so strictly that a mistake or a whoops or a a slight overeating in one meal isn't just a mistake, it's a catastrophe. And if you have a day that just goes sideways, you don't pick yourself up from that and just get right, you know, back into your commitments and your groove the next day. It's like, well, it derails you for days, if not weeks, if not months. That is a self-sabotaging pattern. Instead of allowing yourself some room for error, you go to perfect. I have to be perfect at this. If I'm not perfect at it, then it's not going to work. It's not going to work because no matter what I've done in the past, it hasn't worked in the past. Who knows what the conversation is exactly like for you and your head, but this is what's going on here. Now, some of the most common ways I see women engaging in self-sabotaging behaviors is with just some of the basic things living a good, healthy life requires. And I'm talking things that you already know. You already know this. I'm going to tell you what you already know. And then we're going to talk about why is it so hard to do it? Kind of connected to the last episode, right? Knowing better, but not doing better. So 
let's be honest. Um, if you're in your 40s, 50s, 60s, and we've already said that the demands keep coming, it's not like we ever arrive and we go, oh, this is bliss. Uh, I've got all the time in the world. I'm being well taken care of by other people. Everyone's helping me look after my own needs and wants. Uh, no, you're still giving. You're still giving to your kids. You may be taking care of parents. You may be uh, really ramping things up with your career, going after promotions, or maybe you're at home and you're figuring out what's next for you. Maybe you're done with the career aspect of your life, but now there's this nagging feeling or concern about what's my purpose? How am I going to spend my time? What am I going to do with my days? That That's absolutely going to be part of it. And yet what happens here in it's sleep deprivation. Okay, literally, so many women are living sleep deprived right now, where we get this incredible, I used to do this, we would get this busyness that fills our day, and all of the distractions that encompass, you know, encompass that busyness, and then we get to the evening, and the evening becomes this time where we go, oh, I just want to I just want to do something and have some me time and some downtime. And, and we might sit down to watch a show on Netflix and then two and a half or three hours later, you're still there. It keeps getting, creeping closer and closer to midnight and you know you should go to bed, but you don't. You know you have to wake up early. You know that you're going to feel tired tomorrow, but we don't do it. So then for sure, tomorrow comes, the alarm goes off, you hit snooze sleep a little bit more, you hit snooze again, and you wake up feeling groggy, tired, and perhaps the very first thing that goes into your body is coffee. Let me talk to you about how and why being sleep deprived is such a massive weight loss hijacker. First of all, sleep deprivation causes the prefrontal cortex of your brain essentially to be impaired. Now, what we know from some of the research done on weight loss and on food and how we look at food and how food ignites different centers of our brain that lights them up is a sleep deprived brain will view junk food as more exciting. So a sleep deprived brain compared to a rested brain, the rested brain can look at the food. And even if it's some of your favorite stuff, it's just not as appealing. It does not light your brain up the same way as it does when you are tired. Okay. The other thing that happens is when you are tired, when you are even a mild, but chronic sleep deprivation, there's this impairment to your decision-making ability. So not only, you just can't think as clearly, you can't make decisions that are as good for yourself. You know, it's, and you've been there. I know you've been there. And so here's the deal. All of a sudden it's nighttime, it's 9 p.m. You've gone to bed past midnight or, you know, you stayed up late a few nights in a row, gotten up early and you're tired. Their stress has maybe been high during the day. So you're sitting on the couch and you're thinking about what you're doing with your life and your weight. And you know that there's a bag of chips in the cupboard. And so you say, okay, I'm not going to have those. But then what you would say that your commitment and your self-discipline wanes, I would say with sleep deprivation, your brain literally doesn't have the wherewithal to make a good decision for yourself. This is part of the reason of why we know better, but can't do better. It's neurological. It's actually brain science. So we engage in these little acts of what we call self-love, right? Taking time for ourselves, watching shows late into the evening, uh, not going to bed and joining the quote unquote me time. But really those, what we have labeled as an act of self-love or self-care is actually 
a critical part of our self-harm. Okay, get that. It's actually the way that we are engaging in harming techniques of stopping us from getting what we want most because we're indulging in this little moment of, of wanting something in the moment without keeping the bigger picture in perspective. So that's one of the first ones. The second thing that I just, you know, it blows my mind. Uh, and, and women, um, they don't even really know that it's so impairing. I write about it in my book and it's chronic mild, can you guess what I'm gonna say? Dehydration literally not getting enough water into your system throughout the day. I mean, we are made up of mostly water, right? So that is when we are chronically dehydrated, number one, any signal of hunger may actually be a disguised thirst response. By the time you feel thirsty, you're actually already uh, dehydrated. And it's what we're doing when we feel dehydrated and we think it's hunger that can actually be really harmful because we're not going for the vegetables typically, right? We're going for that quick, that crunchy, that carb, that simple, easy thing uh, to satisfy that hunger urge. So right here, we have two things that already right now, today are completely within your control. Now, what I often hear sometimes is, well, Jen, I don't like water. I don't like water. And my answer is then you got to figure out how to like it and start with baby steps. If you can't be the person who drinks two cups or 500 milliliters of water at one time, then don't make your goal a quarter of a cup or a third of a cup every hour and be consistent with it. Yes, your kidneys will regulate at some points. You may have to go to the bathroom a little bit more frequently during the day, depending on what your job is. That can be annoying and frustrating, but it does level out because your body craves homeostasis. There's two other more common ways, um, physical ways that we self-sabotage as women. And the third one is a lack of vegetable consumption. There's a crazy stat out there that says that less than 5% of North Americans are consuming the recommended or necessary amount of vegetables for the optimum delivery of the micronutrients and fiber. Your micronutrients are the proteins, or sorry, are the vitamins and minerals that you need in your body. Less than 5% of women are getting this. So why? I mean, a lot of times I ask women if they like vegetables, what their relationship with vegetables is like, and they'll say they like it, but they're just too much work. So again, when we're hungry or that, you know, at dinner, if you have to prep and chop every single thing, every single vegetable, every single time that you want to have a vegetable, absolutely, that can feel daunting. And that is where we have to back it up and go, okay, I'm willing to spend some of the time that I'm either watching Netflix or doing stuff on my phone or computer. I need to spend some of that time in my kitchen. Why? Because weight loss does not land if you're living your life in chaos and you don't have these meals and these ideas for your meals ready ahead of time. And that leads to my last one, which is protein deficiency. Just overall, not getting enough protein in during your day. I have found over and over again, women come to me saying that they've got these crazy carb cravings, sugar cravings, uh, energy lows, um, mood swings. And then I take a look at their food diary for three to five or seven days. And I mean, there may be one serving of protein in there a day at night, you know, with dinner. And sometimes it's not even there at all. 
So when there's a lack of that macronutrient in your life, it's amazing how our hormones are so smart. Ghrelin's your hunger hormone. Leptin is your satiety hormone. Well, it'll lept ghrelin will stay turned on driving you to eat because it knows it's not getting the basic building blocks of what your body needs to thrive and function right you got to remember your body is brilliant if you've been living a little bit disconnected from what your needs and wants are and being able to make the time take the time to give your body what it needs and wants well then your body is only doing the best it can with the way that you're treating it the body does better when you choose to treat it better. Okay, now let's go into the more uh, common subconscious ways that women will engage in self-sabotaging behavior. So again, if you've listened to the previous episodes, you know, I'm gonna say this over and over again, you can't change what you're not aware of. And the reason that I'm such a fan of podcasts and interviews and masterclass series is sometimes somebody says something and you're able to hear it differently. You're able to see something about yourself that previous you weren't aware of or you didn't know. That's happened to me so many times and I'm so grateful uh, for that learning. Here, even though you may want weight loss, what I have found is that there's this Remember I talked about it in last episode, the, the cycle that you need to pay attention to and where and how and when fear creeps in. So fear is this paralyzing uh, psychological, I mean, it's an emotion, but it also comes from our thoughts. Our thoughts can very much generate fear-based thinking and fear of the unknown is a huge one. Who am I going to be? How is my life going to change? What if I have to give up all of my favorite things for the rest of my life forever? That thought's usually there because of the previous diets that you've done that were severely restricting or made you go into this feeling of being deprived because you weren't allowed any of those things. The rules were so rigid. I can tell you that when you work on doing weight loss as something that, as an approach to a new lifestyle, you can have the same kind of freedom that I have with food, which is I eat and drink whatever I want with consciousness and with a deep understanding of what I'm choosing to do to my body. And I understand the impact of my choices. And that is how I do not live with any sense of deprivation or denial or restriction. So when we feel afraid of what might be taken away we will engage in procrastination so that we don't ever start. We will make up excuses. We will then legitimize and rationalize about why these excuses are in fact so valid when your heart of heart self knows they're just excuses, right? So we will be afraid of the unknown. The other thing, and I actually have a whole chapter on this topic, it's you're afraid to feel your feelings because it feels or you think that it's going to be opening Pandora's box. Like if you go back to some of the painful things that you've gone through, or if you have to remember some things from certain points in your life, then you're never going to stop crying or you're always going to be sad, or it's just going to be this all consuming anger that you don't know what to do with. But here's the thing, feelings don't last forever. I mean, a belly laugh doesn't last forever. Even think back to your peak moments of ecstasy, joy, excitement, that you're still not in that same state, right? I mean, that is the beauty of it. 
as much as we fear opening this concept of Pandora's box and understanding and healing the things in our life that maybe we had no control over what happened to us or who did what or who said what, um, as an adult woman, you have the ability to process it differently. And this is a huge understanding. A quick personal story. Actually, I wasn't planning on sharing this, but it just seems really fitting. I was seeing someone uh, just to get some help with the situation in my life, actually to do with my dad. And my dad and I had been estranged for, for quite some time. And I didn't know why I had reached out. I'd made contact and I was I was really upset and hurt and angry and confused. And I, I kept coming to her with all these things I wanted to know from my dad. I wanted to have all of my questions answered by him. I wanted to hear what he had to say. I wanted him to tell me, you know, I wanted him to explain. And she said to me very sternly, but lovingly, Jennifer, you need to stop being a little girl searching for the answers and instead pull up your big girl panties and be the woman thanking your dad for the lessons. Oof, that got me. That got me. You see, as much as I had some childhood wounds that were uh, for sure not healed, I'd been living in the wound and not in the forgiveness, not in the lesson, not in the healing. And that one comment to me was life-changing. I was able to reconnect with my dad and create a different kind of relationship because it's not that he changed or give me what I had thought I needed, I changed, right? So that's just, uh, we can talk more. Well, I'll share more of that as these episodes go on. Another big fear and way that uh, we sabotage is by this belief that somehow we're more fun when we eat and drink. Have you ever thought that? Like, I know there was a point in my life where I thought for sure I need the alcohol to have a really fun social evening. In my mid-40s, I now realize when I look back at that younger version of myself, the alcohol was used as a way to lubricate my insecurities. The alcohol was used as a way to boost my lack of self-confidence, my lack of self-esteem. I didn't know how to fully and powerfully own those aspects of myself because the conversation I was having in my head was one of, I'm not enough. Personally, I think that's the real thing women are up against. It's not necessarily the weight loss battle. It's the battle of believing in yourself and seeing the gifts of who you are and coming to the powerful conclusion that absolutely you are 110% enough. All right. This is, a, this is another way and it's a very understandable and justifiable way women will sabotage is, although you may want the weight loss, you may not want the attention that goes along with the weight loss. And this can be for a variety of reasons. It can be from um, perhaps at a point when you were younger, maybe you were living as a thinner woman, um, a woman who felt good in her body or confident, and then you 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 did get unwanted attention. Maybe it was worse than unwanted attention. Maybe there was some sort of unwanted uh, sexual assault or abuse that happened. This is not uncommon with the women I talk to, unfortunately. And so food and alcohol has become a way to numb, but also pad and protect yourself and your body. 
And then yet the self-loathing continues for the shame and the embarrassment of not just the situation that happened that you maybe perhaps had no control over, but for the way that you engage in your food behaviors as a form of self-protection. Now, this is a deep issue, 100%. But part of it is changing the story that the woman that you were when that event happened is no longer you, you're different. And a lot of this has to do with the work that you're going to embark on by being able to recognize how powerful you really are now and that you can handle anything that comes your way. That will require a deeper episode, but I want to make sure that I'm going into the real roots of how and why women sabotage. The other thing is, you know, if you're with a partner and you've been with that partner for quite some time, um, and let's just say it's, it's a good marriage, but you know, it's uh, perhaps needing a bit of attention. When you go about changing, when you start to come into your power, your confidence, your light, you might be afraid of who you might become and the choices you may make for yourself. I've heard this one of the very first times um, I heard a question. It was so directly asked. I was talking to a woman. She said, well, tell me this. So granted, we weren't working together yet. She said, so do you think if I work with you, I'm going to leave my husband? You know, and it told me so much. I said, well, that depends. Is that something that you think you want to do? It's not going to be a result of working with me. And she said, I don't know. She said, we're stuck. We're stuck in this flat line. And I feel like I just, all I do is sabotage so many areas of my life because I'm so used to being unhappy. A lot of times as women, we don't let it get great. We just tolerate good, good enough. It's fine. The real trick here is learning how to let things in your life get great. And that altogether can be a disconcerting and uh, unfamiliar experience if you've been used to tolerating your own tolerations, right? Not creating the change, but complaining about what's not working. Okay, last one is um, you may have at some point in your life uh, adopted a people pleaser complex. Uh, I know exactly what that's like because I know I was certainly living that way. I had very few boundaries. I didn't know what boundaries even were. I thought that it was my job to make people happy, to contort and bend myself into a pretzel to make sure that um, I was doing everything possible. I was saying yes when I wanted to say no. I was saying no when I wanted to say yes. I remember distinctly, and this is how I was saying even no to myself, it was a beautiful day out and uh, the kids were going to be waking up from a nap soon. And I had this mo I had this idea, this message in my head that said, hey, Jen, you should get out and go for a walk today. It's gorgeous out. And then just as instantly, this like mean, awful, loud, punishing voice said, no, you better unload the dishwasher and wash the floor. That's more important, Jen. And guess which voice I listened to way back then? Yeah, the mean one, you know, so I, I didn't even know how to please myself because I was so used to trying to please others. This can take shape as, um, you know, you'll even eat and drink to please others. You'll be at a party. You'll feel the social pressure. You'll hear comments like, well, what's wrong with you? Come on, have a drink with me. It'll be fun. Or maybe your mom or your grandma says, what? You're not going to eat that, but I made it for you. I made it with love. It's your favorite. And the unspoken exchange there is what I love you and I made this if you love me then you're going to show me you love me by eating it can you see that 
this isn't actually about love at all. It's about an unspoken agreement that got made a long time ago that's just no longer serving you. So being a people pleaser and believing that you have the control and ability to influence other people is one of the biggest uh, faulty belief systems that we have to recognize. You get to do you and that person gets to do them. The other thing that I see is women go to, uh, you might do this, maybe you've even done it today. If or when this, then that. <laughs> when I lose this 20 pounds, then I'll start dating. When life finally slows down, then I'll start worrying or thinking about myself. When the kids move out, then I'll um, start exercising because I'll have more time. When work slows down, then I'll start to figure out how to eat better. So it's like we get trapped into, again, can you see it? It's a form of sabotage. It's creating this justifiable rationalization of an excuse because honestly, life is happening right now. And we need to start living our life now because at some point you're gonna get tired of hiding, of waiting, resentment builds, and then it starts to feel hopeless. So catch yourself. If you know that you, you know, even watch your the conversation in your head today and tomorrow and and check in when you do the when this, then that, or if this, then that kind of thinking. I care so deeply about women creating this change because I know the difference that it's made in my own life to do it. I do not promise that the journey is always easy, but there is, we can simplify it. And that's my goal. We can simplify the process. It doesn't have to be crazy. It doesn't have to be extreme, but you do need to understand two core components. And the first is the science of fat metabolism and not getting sucked into those weight loss myths and faulty belief systems and understanding your own unique metabolism. And then the other side of this is the psychology bit. And I think, you know, in my twenties and thirties, I thought this whole thing around mindset, <laughs> you know, I just, I didn't even really understand it, to be honest. But one of the core things that I teach is how to create a healthy mindset to stay committed to your commitments and to learn how to develop that emotional resiliency where you're not or you're no longer dependent on food as a reward, as alcohol to provide relief or distraction. And when you, when you understand that, that it's possible, life gets really, really good. So let me finish this episode by saying, if you haven't listened to the third one, go do that because this point steer or this point is directly related to it. You have got to know the destination that you're going towards. And by that, I mean your vision. Where are you going? It does not matter where you've been. It does not matter what you've done. It does not matter how many diets that have not worked for you or how many times you have viewed yourself as a failure. Okay, none of that is true. Those things just did not work for you or you were missing some of the right pieces of information that you needed to be successful. So you gotta know the destination that you're going towards so that you and you alone, because you're the one living your life, you're the one creating your day-to-day. -day. I know that there's all sorts of outside responsibilities, et cetera, and demands, but you and you alone are with your thoughts and feelings 24 seven. So you gotta, you gotta steer the ship in the right direction. 
even when crazy life storms hit. It is time to take control. Why? Well, because you absolutely can and you deserve to. I fundamentally believe that every single woman on this planet deserves to live in a body that she feels good and healthy in. I think that that's what you deserve too. So listen, if uh, I want to give you actually a copy of my second book, um, it's all around self-sabotaging. If you want the PDF, you can go to www.jenniferpowder.com forward slash free book, and you can start to, to read. Or if you want to see if we can work together, what that might be like, what the Weight Loss Academy involves, well, then we can talk. And to do that, you would just go to www.jenniferpowder.com forward slash apply. Okay, I'm going to be back in another episode, which I can't wait for you to tune into, where we once again, take emotional eating and dive in just a little bit deeper. Talk to you then. Thanks for listening to another episode on the Weight Loss Simplified podcast. If you loved today's show, share it with a friend and then go to iTunes to subscribe, rate and leave a review. To access additional free weight loss resources, head on over to www.jenniferpowder.com. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode.